streaming and non-binary where we are going to do just that. My name is M. I am a tattoo apprentice and an illustrator and I've been drawing since I could hold a pencil. How about you, friend? Wow. Hi, um, my name is Aladdin Firm. I am an actor, singer, songwriter, tap dancer, draglesque performer, and political activist. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> All right. So today I wanted to take the opportunity to interview M since you were so kind and interviewed me and Eddie about our our album that we worked on. I wanted to like turn it around and talk about your art. And it's so funny, actually, I have to say this now. Before we started recording, I asked Em if that was okay to do. And so <laughs> you had said, oh, yes, I'm very comfortable talking about myself. <laughs> I need you to know that's very funny because I'm being interviewed right now for my friend's like actor magazine. Ooh. And you probably saw my tweet where I tweeted like me never shuts the fuck up about my art and my experience as a queer person magazine hey so tell us about your art and your experience as a queer person me what <laughs> what yeah i mean it's, it's true it's way easier to talk with a friend about your passions and then for somebody to be like okay tell us why you deserve for us to talk to you <laughs> and that's the thing it's like it's my friend's publication that she's put together which is really cool that she's doing it um everybody should check out fentress films by the way but yeah so now it is kind of a more formal thing even though it is like my friend doing it and you know, there are, there are all these questions and I'm just like, um, um <laughs> I, what do uh, I say about myself? Yeah. Yeah. It is easier to talk with a, with a friendo, but anyway, literally enough about me. Cause I want this to be about you. <laughs> you said already that you've been drawing since, since you could hold a pencil. Yeah. When, like, when did you start? How was that just like, I don't know. So since you were a child, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I had the wonderful influence of a great aunt who has since passed away, but she actually has some paintings in a museum up north. I don't remember exactly. I think it might be the Copper Harbor Museum because she did like this really, really cool panoramic painting of like the origins of the upper peninsula like basically like started oh, wow. from like the indigenous people moved along to the people who colonized it to like the french um <laughs> and then to like the iron ore industry that's up north and everything and added woodland animals that are native to the up and everything like that um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So I had her influence. She used to stay with my grandparents, and I was at my grandparents' house quite a bit when I was younger. I also had a cousin. Her name's Caitlin, and she was very interested in anime. I mean, she could draw beautifully otherwise, but I really became a weeb because of her because she was, like, so cool. <laughs> She's a couple <laughs> years older than I was, and she got to watch Sailor Moon and play Pokemon, and I was not because both of those were the devil. But <laughs> I was still super drawn to it because I was just like, wow, this art is so pretty. It's so cutesy. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know. I just love, <laughs> even to this day, I'm like almost 30 years old and I fucking love anime and manga and I don't necessarily draw it, but I just, I appreciate the art so much and like mm. all the different details and the different nuances to it that make it just super beautiful art. Anyways. Yeah. And I would try <laughs> my poor mom. I would try and get my mom to like draw things for me and my mom's like, uh, <laughs> I can try. And my, oh my goodness. I was so mad because later on in my life, I found out that my dad could draw, but my dad just didn't. <laughs> really? So I was pissed. I was like, I could have been asking you to teach me how to draw. The entire time. The entire time. Because I like, so he did more of like technical, like engineer type drawings, but he like had these like oh, wow. incredible, like spaceship drawings like technical drawings of like blueprints of a space station like drawn ever so precisely what? and like yeah it's crazy he is very talented I but just love that. didn't <laughs> so most of my I would say most of my influence came from my grant and my cousin and then you know I, I just really like drawing and I would draw I would draw all the time, which makes me so angry because, like, now I do not draw all the time. Or just, like, mm. when my brain just gets very fixated on drawing, which I wish was more often, but it's not because I work. <laughs> Maybe if I didn't work all the time, like a child, I would have, I would want to draw more, but, hmm. which is just funny to say because I am an artist, but, like, sometimes you just get burned out, and especially, like, when you have to work. Yes. We have to work to be able to feed yourself. <laughs> you don't have a lot of willpower or want to draw afterwards. But as a child, I drew. I like my parents were super supportive of my art, and they were they would like buy me tons of sketchbooks. I had like so oh, many wow. sketchbooks full of really bad art, <laughs> but I drew every <laughs> single day, and I was just like. Like, my parents bought me, like, they wouldn't buy me anime drawing books, because anime, was, of course, is evil, but they bought me, like, fairy drawing art. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hmm. so funny, but they, like, tore out the- Is it shocking that we're queer? Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like, <laughs> they tore out some of the spicy pages with, like, the fairies <gasps> with, like, too short of skirts or whatever. I was like, these are literal imaginary creatures. <laughs> Anyways, I digress, but they were very, very supportive, which was awesome. I went to a whole bunch of different art classes, which was awesome considering the fact that I was homeschooled. <laughs> oh, wow. They sent, they like sent you to art classes? Yeah. Like, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I like went to like a group one, which was basically the children's version of like painting with a twist or whatever the fuck. Oh, okay. So like it would be a whole group of us kids and we would be drawing something that the t art teacher had previously drawn and he was just showing us how to, you know, draw the same thing again. And then I took classes when I went to a co-op through, I think it was like, like middle school and high school ages. I took art classes with a whole bunch of other homeschooled kids with an actual art teacher. Wow. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're called co-ops. It's wow. basically like the really good ones get actual teachers that actually know what they're doing and do it for a living. Mm -hmm. And then like the low budget co-ops, it's just like the mom's teaching. <laughs> Which is just like that. <laughs> I, mean, I feel it's like. better than nothing. I feel like that defeats the purpose of giving a homeschooled mom the day off because one would think like, okay, 
I don't want my kids to go to public school because then they'll learn about like evolution and whatever the fuck. But I'll send <laughs> I'll send my kid to like to some other poor homeschooled mom who probably just needed a day off and but to keep their kid in the co-op they have to teach a class and they know absolutely nothing about it. They're like, ah, I do this or whatever. So Wow. Yeah, it's... I didn't know. I yeah, I literally didn't even know those existed. I mean, I went to a Montessori school and then I went to a Catholic school. Yeah. For the rest of my <laughs> adolescence. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thanks. Me oh, too. Oh man. I, 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 just a short digression. I really, I really think my friends who are homeschooled or who went to public education received better education than I did. Mm. I will. I, I really do think that. But wow, I did. Yeah, I didn't know that co-ops were a thing. Yeah. Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So the one I went to in high school was super awesome because, like I said, they had actual people who were in the field or at least who were field adjacent that would teach the classes. Like we had a guy who actually had an English degree who was teaching us all the English type subjects or... You know, we had an actual art teacher. She was a retired art teacher who had taught in public schools, but now just, you know, she's just like, I just do this on Fridays for the homeschool kids. <laughs> oh, wow. So. That's a whole other world that I just, like, didn't even know existed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, us homeschoolers, we get vibes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I got you. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I know that then you... I think you were still in CCS when we when we met each other. I think you were still at College for Creative Studies. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Can you talk about, like, your time there and what you studied and, like, yeah. what your degree is in? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was actually just talking a little bit about this with one of my other friends who did go to CCS with me. They are a tattoo artist in Jackson, Michigan. They are Sam, oh, cool. and they own Karma Knife Tattoo Collective tattoo and art collective in jackson it's super beautiful if you have the opportunity to get tattooed by sam or their business partner lana lana is a black trans tattoo artist and is very very wow. good and so is sam sam is non-binary which is awesome as well that they own this thing oh, together nice yeah it's super cool and it's a private studio so if you go in there it's just sam and lana so Ooh. really super awesome but anyways i was wow. talking with sam about this and about like my first experiences with art outside of a homeschooled or like my own like little circle or whatever with family and stuff and I went in there and I got a partial scholarship which was super awesome but then I like go Wait, to yeah I'm sorry it, well actually no I'll let you finish first but I was gonna say like what is even the application process for that like but oh I can I can go I'm sorry finish your no, story it's, first. It's, that's totally fine so before back in olden days to get into CCS you had to submit a portfolio and then you were either approved for a partial scholarship no scholarship or a full ride I did go to school with some people who got full ride and they were pff, amazing they went on to get really, really wow. good jobs because they were incredibly, ugh, so gifted, even like right from the start. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I got a partial scholarship. And even with that, it was very expensive. I'm nowadays, sure. Yeah. Nowadays, CCS will just take your money. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care if you can draw, <laughs> if you can't draw a stick figure, they'll take your money. It's the college, you know, they want their money. Um, That's facts. Yeah. So. 
you have to submit a, a portfolio, you get accepted, they go over financial stuff, kind of like just like regular college stuff, except you have to support For it, sure. you know, send in a, a portfolio of stuff. And then I got there on like, it was either like an open house or like orientation and the perspective drawing professor was there you know talking with students and stuff and I walked up to him and I was like hey I don't know if you do this but can you like look at my art and like tell me where I need to improve and he's like yeah I'll look at it and he looks at it and he's he's just <laughs> he's very blunt very very no nonsense man and he's like well you know it's not good <laughs> What? And of course, like my poor dad, my poor dad is there sitting next to me and he's just like, well, well, I, I don't know what you say saying, not good. I was like, shut up, dad, shut up, let the man talk. <laughs> and he I mean, was like, drama school was kind of similar. Like, yeah. Just, they're very blunt with you. They're, they're very yeah. blunt. I mean, looking back on my art, not good. <laughs> I did not have, like, <laughs> thank God I didn't put any like, so I remember, like, when I was, like, getting ready to submit art for them, I was, like, looking online at, like, different application processes. And, like, I previously mentioned, like, I drew, like, a little bit of anime and stuff. But, like, and I wasn't thinking of doing this, but, like, uh, <laughs> um, but, like, there are people, like, on the internet that were, like, don't ever submit anime art to go get into CCS. You will be turned away. <laughs> um... <laughs> But and like if it is, so, like, it would have to be like Studio Ghibli quality. Maybe oh yeah, for, for sure. Like, like it would have <laughs> to have composition and like, uh, you know, it, it would have to be good. Like really, really good. But I think one of the comments he said was like, <laughs> at least you didn't submit any anime. And I was like, you're right. I did that. <laughs> but the good thing, he, he was like. so much. No, you're fine. But the thing he said, though, was, I mean if you were good, you wouldn't need to be here. So, like, it's a good thing you're here because you're here to learn, you know? And, like, as long as you understand right, that you're here to learn and you're willing to take critiques and step yourself up, like, with the aid of the professors, you'll do well. And I was like, cool, like, that's that's all I need to hear. Like, I don't, you like, obviously I know my stuff isn't, like, superb, like, museum quality. I know that. And, like, if you can see promise... That's that's all good. Like, I'm fine with that. Right, right. And then, yeah. And then going to College for Creative Studies was really, really good because you, you have to get used to, like, people telling you that you suck or, like, telling you that this thing does not work. You think... So, like, a big thing with drawing is, like, the fact that... Or painting, even, is... the Their brain thinks they know what a body looks like or what an animal looks like. And then you draw it and it's not necessarily like that because your brain is like, oh, I've seen a rabbit. So this is what I think a rabbit looks like. But it's, you know, you're working off of memories right. and like ideas off of that. So like a lot of what I learned was to like look at objects, people or animals or whatever you're drawing as like shapes and and shadows and stuff like that, which really helped me like even to this day, like oh, wow. learn how to draw realistically and... Like, I, I learned a lot of tools like that. I, like, they taught us, like, the business side of it and, like, the fact that you can't charge $20 for a fully, <laughs> for a full, a full drawing or painting because you have to think about, like, you're, 
like what did you buy to make that how many hours did you work on that and that like really was awesome because it like built up the fact that it's like a lot of people do this for a hobby but you want to do this as a job so you need to take yourself seriously Mm -hmm. and you need to charge accordingly and you need to you need to not give out freebies yeah which was like super awesome to hear yeah. yeah. Well, also because they, you like oh, sorry, you God. spent all that time studying it, right? So mm-hmm. like I feel like you would have to probably factor that in too. Yeah, for sure. Um, get your return on all the education that you spent thousands of dollars in that I'm still paying on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, sad uh. size. Uh, I will say though, <laughs> I mean. It, like, obviously, it's in a, so, maybe not obviously, so, I went to college for creative studies, which is in Detroit, Michigan. It is an accredited college, which means that I had to take all the prerequisites to get, like, an actual bachelor's of fine arts, so I had to take, like, English classes, I had to take a math class, I had to take, like, all these different things, like a and, science or whatever. Yeah, annoying. yeah, yeah. My yeah. science and my math credit were the one and the same. Thank God. So I just took like a really easy math class at a community college and got that out of the way, which was nice. Smart. But <laughs> all of my other English type professors, all of those, you know, qualifications I had to to have a bachelor of fine arts, they all did not give a fuck the fact that I was assigned ten paintings last week. And they were like, cool, dope, write a 30-page paper for me. And I was like, ah, okay. No. So, no. On to- so when people talk about art class and the fa- or art college and the fact that you, you have to do all these paintings, like, you think about, like, so per- the standard to go to art college was about 15 credit hours right. a semester. And 15 credit hours meant that I had to take Five classes that were three hours each per week. Some of them were six hours per week. If it was like a studio class, it was six hours per week. And then on top of that, I was working sometimes two jobs and volunteering. So I just didn't have a life. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And yeah, and so like with all those classes, even your English classes, minimum three hours long. So I know, like, a lot of other people, like, when they go to other colleges or or universities, the way all their stuff is structured, like, everything is, like, random, like, varying hours. But ours was just like, nope, it's either three hours or six hours long. And you're there the entire time. And if you aren't there the entire time, your attendance goes down. And, like, I had some uh, professors who were pretty lenient on certain studio classes where they're like, okay, we get it, like... It's kind of long. But then I had other professors that are like, nope, I want your butt in the seat at 8.30 a.m. And do not leave until I tell you to. So. Wow. Yeah. It was. Wow. It it was definitely, it was definitely interesting. And like all the English professors real butthurt if you had to say like, like, I'm like, can I get an extension on the paper? I have like like 15 paintings I have to do and they're like are you kidding me no this class is just as important as any of your other painting classes we're all like no no it's not (laughs) do not understand (laughs) so yeah wow I mean 
No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just a very interesting thing because, like, yeah. I know you don't you forget about the fact that you have to do all the prerequisites as well to just get like a bachelor's yeah. degree. Yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking about that either because I mean, you know, I from my experience, like, I went to a couple of years of community college, but then I went to a conservatory program out here in New York, so I just like ate, slept breathes and chat acting all the time because like that's you know I mean and the classes were long and like you said and like we did have like weird crazy schedules and whatever but I didn't have to think about like yeah like a math class or you know an English paper or whatever I mean of course like there are things that are somewhat related like I I mean I didn't really have to write like papers papers I think I had to write one thing and I don't know it was like my first year but yeah I wasn't I wasn't even thinking about that oh my god I'm yeah. so sorry yeah wow there there was like a couple professors that were known like you know like I don't know if you knew about this but like there's like ratemyprofessor.com and yes. all of us bitches we looked up our professors because we knew every single because like you think about like who goes to art school outcasts queers Anarchists, like all these type of people, all these people have no problem sharing their mind, especially on the internet where nobody can talk back to them. (laughs) Yes. What do you mean? You're talking to an outcast (laughs) queer anarchist who has a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just me and I'm talking and you can't talk back. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. But yeah, so we like, there were a couple, there were a couple professors that were notorious. And they're just like, unfortunately, they're the only teacher who's going to teach that that specific thing that you need to get a degree. So you just got to grin and bear it. Like, we had to take a philosophy class. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. So the guy wasn't mean. He was just strict. He was also British. And <laughs> he was just... Oh, no. He was, He and I had some conversation in, in his... Uh, in his office where I was like, what do I need to do to pass this class? And I like, honestly, I had a pretty good grade point average. I didn't have a 4.0, but I had about a 3.8 and I was just like, Oh wow. My guy. And he was just like, one does not simply pass my class. You should be striving. (laughs) No, but this is what I, he told me. He was just like, you should be striving to do your best, not just to pass my class. And I was like, I get that. And I respect you, sir. And I understand what you're doing. But I am dying. <laughs> I am just, trying. I am, like, honestly, like, I am trying my best. But I'm best. afraid that my best might not be enough. Exactly. And, and he didn't understand that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he didn't Sorry. understand that. And he was just like, oh, well, you know, maybe you should just try your best. And I was like, I am. I'm Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying my best, but I am overworked and underpaid. <laughs> and I have 18 credit hours this semester. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, the last so. thing I care about is Schrodinger's cat! I can draw <laughs> it real nice for you. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so... And it wasn't like, oh, like, we're going to talk about, like, the, you know, the the ones that everybody knows or whatever. I'm sure, like, people who are philosophy majors know all about these different things, but, like, he always picked, like, the most, it felt, like, obscure things that, like, like, the only, like, references or whatever that were on them were, like, philosophical, like, 
PhD papers that were really hard to read, so it was really hard to, like, get any sort of outside sources on them, and it was just like, like, yeah, I think our, our, our final paper was 30 pages. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. It was, it was crazy, and I think that was, like, my junior year. So I had a lot of other classes. Somebody else's academic paper is like always biz onkers because yeah, it's always written in like really like highfalutin, like inaccessible language. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah. But anyways, back to the art part of college. I had some really good professors and the really cool thing about CCS is the fact that they employ people who are working in that field. So it's not just like. Love that. It's not, like, it's not just somebody who, like, got a teaching degree and decided to work at a college, mm-hmm. which apparently that's really super easy to do. Like, as long as you have a degree, you can work at the college. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah. It's weird. Um, I, I, and because, like, my drama school kind of boasts the same thing is that all of the people who teach there are currently working actors, directors, producers, etc. Yeah. Like. Because, yeah, apparently that is, like, a super apparent, I guess, really common thing that people just are career Which is fine, I suppose, but for something that's, like, hands-on like that, like art, you kind of need people who are in that business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, like, it's, and, like, I had really good teachers, and, like, none of them really let me slack, which was super awesome. Not that I was trying to slack, but, you know, like, sometimes you get really tired, and, like, they're mo- like you- everyone called all of our professors by their first name. It was never Mr. This or Mrs. This. It was, like, Don. <laughs> Fucking Dave. <laughs> That's how drama school was, too. You just called them by their yeah yeah so that was pretty cool um I witnessed like a couple people because like unfortunately at CCS um a lot of like rich kids just got in because their parents could just pay for it and they're like I like to draw and their parents like no problem here's $120,000 go to college um and and, like I and like some of the kids would be like yeah I mean like I like drawing and my professors would be like, well, don't you want to do this for a career? And sometimes they would be like, I don't know, like, it just, it, it, well, it sounds fun, but I don't know, I might do other things. And my, <laughs> I just remember some of my professors being like, what the fuck are you doing taping up space in my class? Like, dude, like, like, there are so many people who cannot afford this, who want to be here. Yeah. There are all of your yeah. other classmates who are paying out of their pocket or who worked hard enough to get a full ride scholarship or a partial scholarship, they want to be here. You like, honestly, like drop my class, dude. Like, yeah, I witness, I witness teachers give some kids that, um, that talk. I mean, I feel like that's unfortunately like kind of common in the arts. Yeah. Because yeah, with, especially with kids who, I mean, you know, I'm not, not trying to like shit on anybody but yeah like sometimes with kids that are wealthier and their parents are like yeah for sure you can just do that because like the rest of us had to kind of sit with ourselves and be like is this really the thing that I want to do before Mm -hmm. I throw you know my parents savings at this before I throw you know whatever loans at this yeah and so yeah for people who are used to just like kind of being able to you know money's not an issue for them yeah like that you know that's a spot that 
you know, some kid who's really passionate about it wants, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But again, school was great. I would say that if you're an artist, you do not need to go to art school. I was afforded a a decent amount of opportunities because I I went to art school, but I realized that I definitely had the privilege of having parents that could afford to help me go to college for some of those years. Um, And then I, I wasn't privileged to be with this person, but at the time I was privileged because my partner at the time, uh, paid for some of my college as well and yeah it was the least he could do (laughs) yes (laughs) and it was definitely it was a very good experience I learned a lot I Mm -hmm. uh, my art skills definitely like really benefited from going there but like I said if you've gotten in somewhere and you're like working towards something and you're an artist like a lot of people are doing art shit just off of like Instagram TikTok and all that stuff like and they're getting people are buying their art like prints or like you know whatever like do that dude like if you have an opportunity to like amass a following and like pay your bills that way definitely like art school is definitely not something you have to go do it was it definitely enriched my life but it's not it's not the be all end all unfortunately due to my circumstances and the person I was with at the time I didn't really go balls to the wall with the opportunities that I was given like I couldn't just pick up and go to California and try and get an art job out there which is where a lot of art jobs are or in New York yeah you know so like if I was able to do that if I had been single and like no cares I probably would have been way far ahead in my art career than I am currently right now Mm. but that is to say that I'm I don't think that like so right now I'm learning to tattoo and I don't think that that is like a, a consolation prize at all. Like since I wanted, I was really interested in tattooing since I was thirteen, and I was just like, oh wow, I wanted to do something that in related to art. I thought tattooing was super awesome, but being an assigned female at birth person, it's really hard to get into tattooing, and I acknowledge that like early on because I researched a shitload about it and I was just like okay it's really hard to get into it and the field is really male dominated so if I can cool if not you know just do just art or whatever and I think like a lot of people have that backwards where like a lot of people will try and get into tattooing if they can't do art and it's just like tattooing Mm -hmm. at its base level is a craft you have to have the yeah. skills of art, artistry to create the beautiful images, but you also have to learn the craft of tattooing. So it's not like, oh, well, I'm an artist, so I can just fucking pick up a tattoo machine and go to town and be perfect. Absolutely not. I'm learning that very much in this last couple months <laughs> that I've been allowed to tattoo human skin, so... You know, it's just, it's like my life, it it happened the way it happened. I only have a few regrets and it's usually tied to one person. But, (laughs) but other than that, I'm like, for tattooing, I'm in like the best space possible right now. And I'm really excited about learning to tattoo. I definitely think that all of my experiences in art from different art classes are definitely helping me along that. So for that, I'm very grateful and I'm very excited to 
keep progressing as a tattoo apprentice. So. Wow! Yay! Wait. Yeah. So then, so then, what what is your degree in? So my degree like is a what, bachelor. What is your title? I guess. <laughs> uh, my degree is a bachelor's of fine arts with a focus of illustration. So I studied. My major oh, was illustration cool. when I went to college. So did a lot of like people based art <laughs> or like art that would be mar- it's like marketable art I guess you could say so not like fine art that you would put in a museum necessarily there were a lot of kids that did fine art because that was also a major but I did not I went for more of like a commercial art but illustration essentially yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay I just wondered I that's what I thought but I wasn't sure so I figured I would ask and tell the people yeah but then okay so then I just want to ask too like because clearly like like drawing has been your main medium but have you experimented with other mediums yeah you know, I, mean, I know you do drawing and painting yeah I tried ceramics awful at it. I had to take a ceramics class as one of my, my, I think it was like one of the first, like a standard like class. Because you have to take pretty much a class in almost every single major, essentially. Not every single major, but a lot. That's cool. like, yeah, but you have the opportunity as kind of like your gen eds to kind of try out all the different majors. I tried ceramics, so I was that's like, oh, cool. why not? That's fun. Yeah. Um, I could have taken like a beginner photography class if I wanted to but I basically did like I did drawing illustration I think I did like an intro graphic design type thing that was the graphic design seems very easy to the naked eye it is not my graphic designs teacher had me in tears he was ruthless (gasps) he was just (laughs) I think at one point he told me he was like my seven-year-old daughter could do that and I was like oh oh no (gasps) Oh no. Oh my. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he was he was very ruthless and I was just like, "Listen, I'm sorry. I just my brain doesn't work this way. I don't know what looks appealing and what doesn't. Like I can see other things. I'm like, yeah, that looks appealing, but I have no idea how to get there. Like my brain just didn't work that way, right. but I like I had chosen it as one of my genetics, so I had to get through it. I wasn't about to drop the class. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, I have quite a few friends who do graphic design or like at least at the very least, like dabble in it. Um, I think I have like a couple of friends who like do it, do it. But um, yeah. And then a few that like dabble in it. Mm-mm, that shit looks hard to me uh, because like I know what I think is like a good design. But then you ask me to create one and I'm like, um, I mean, yeah. even just in high school, I took a it wasn't a graphic design class, but it was a design class. And then the idea is that, you know, you would take these like basic skills and if you did want to be like a graphic designer, you could like go on and do that. But yeah, I mean, I did well in that class because like I liked, I'm, you've, I mean, you've seen my my drawings, like I'm eh, like for somebody who doesn't really like do it, like it's okay, it's okay. And I, I liked it in high school. And I just remember my teacher would read me like, he, I mean, he would read everyone. But, like, he would read me because sometimes my shit would be, like, mad busy or mad empty. (laughs) He's like, you did not utilize this space well at all. And I was like, I don't know what I did. I'm in high school. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm 16. What do you want from me? But, yeah, no, that stuff is, that's hard to, like, 
yeah, utilize space well and keep it dynamic, but also like, I don't know, getting the message across that you want without it being too, I don't know. I don't know how y'all do it. It's incredible to me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So when, when you and I met, you were still in school and then, yeah, you did start your tattoo apprenticeship and then had to put that on hold for a minute. Mm-hmm. But so you, I think you said earlier, you started getting interested in tattooing when you were 13. So then what was the jump to like, really just like start researching to like actually pursue it? So I, I honestly, so with my first mentor, I just kind of put it, I had made friends with a couple different tattoo artists just from either getting tattooed or like just wanting to be friends with a tattoo artist. I was just like, they're so cool. And then I had like, you know, you know, degrees of separation had found different mm-hmm. people that had tattooed and I friended them on Facebook or whatever just to like see their art and stuff. So I just put a, a Facebook message out and I was like, hey, who wants to teach me to tattoo? And my mentor messaged me and he was like, if you take that message down right now, I will, I, you, you can learn from me. And I was like, dope, delete. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bam. Bam. So I, I started learning from him which was I was watching him tattoo but I had no idea how anything worked why he was doing anything I was just kind of watching and observing and then he's like all right get a friend in here and we're gonna tattoo them and I was like oh okay what yeah it was mad fast I was just like okay and so I got my friend in he set everything up he lined the tattoo and just had me shade it in. It was just solid black, but I had no idea what I was doing. And he, like, it was just like, I, he was just like, all right, hold it like this and do this. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I would, like, run out of ink and still be, like, hacking her scan up. And he's just like, M, 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 get ink, get more ink. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it was so bad. I only did, I think I tattooed, tattooed three people with him. Yeah, I had, but I had no (laughs) idea. Your face right now. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing, why I was doing it. It, like, it was, it was a lot. But anyways, he, he then took a a job in a city that was like an hour away. And he's like, you want to come with me? And I was like, dude, I don't know if I can drive like an hour. And he was just like, all right, bye. So that ended my apprenticeship with him. So (laughs) fast forward to a year ago, year and a half ago, I had been getting tattooed by my mentor for a bit and she knew that I drew and she asked me like, hey, have you ever considered tattooing? And I was like, well, I would love to. However, I, I know that accepting a tattoo apprentice is like a really big thing because I'd done more research by now and I was like wanted to be like more serious about it and get apprenticed by somebody who I knew was gonna do it for lack of a better word the correct way um (laughs) and she mentioned I was like dude yeah I was I was like would you wanna apprentice me (laughs) Uh, and she's like well I need to I need to work some stuff out here at the shop and then yeah maybe I'll do it and I was like all right and she's like just keep bugging me every once in a while and I was like all right cool so I took that very literally and I bugged her all the time <laughs> oh, I'm so glad she didn't get tired of me <laughs> but I just kept checking in I was like hey hey 
how's it going? Well, what are you oh thinking? And I finally, and then she put out an ad for a counter girl, and I went and applied because I was like, I'll, I'll get my foot in the door at least. Yes. And smart. She, and she's like, all right, I'll hire you. Do you want to kind of do your apprenticeship while being the counter girl? I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So a lot of it was kind of like doing stuff around the shop. It was cleaning wow. and all that. And just kind of doing all this stuff that, you know, so the tattoo artist could just focus on doing art and stuff. And then I would like sit and watch her tattoo. But she explained everything. She was like, I'm using this needle because of this. I'm using these inks because of this. I'm drawing it this way with this type of thing. She would give me assignments like, okay, draw a mandala. Draw something in neo-traditional style. Draw something in traditional style. And like that would, and then I would bring it to her and she was like, this looks horrible. Let me tell you how to do it correctly. <laughs> like, like, you know, so it, it was very, she's very hands-on. She's like very knowledgeable. She's been doing this for wow. like, like a decade. Like, so like she, she really knows what she's doing. And She's like, I'm going to be hard on you, but the reason I'm hard on you is because I don't want you to make all the mistakes that I did. And I want you to be set up and I want you to be able to get there faster than the average apprentice because I want you to tattoo and I want you to tattoo at my shop and you can make me money, you know? So like, because <laughs> um, she owns the shop now, but. Right. Wow. But yeah. Cool. and the, Yeah. So like she's, she wants me to be successful, which is super awesome. And she definitely doesn't sugarcoat things, which is awesome. But she's also, like, not as awful as, like, uh, I've heard horror stories of tattoo apprenticeships, like, where you have to, like, they, you're basically the shop slave. People can yell at you, you know, sometimes abuse you, like, and you don't get paid. She paid me a, a, a small amount to do different cleaning stuff. She has a new counter girl and I'm just doing tattooing stuff. So, like, I have to sit there and, and watch her and do stuff like that. But it's what I kind of, when we were talking about it, she's like, yeah, I mean, like, nobody gets paid to do this shit. And I was like, well, I kind of look at it as college. Like, it's a free college yeah. situation. Like, Yeah, in a way, right? You know, I'm learning a trade. I'm learning a skill set. And no, I'm not going to get paid to do that. Why would, why would, why would an artist pay somebody to sit there and like get a free education no that makes sense if you put it that way for sure yeah so that's that's the whole situation wow well and you had like touched on this earlier it is it is from I mean even just from somebody who just gets tattoos like I have them but I would think it's a it is a whole craft right because you first of all you have to know like composition and how to first of all you have to be a good uh, hopefully a good artist but then you have to know how everything works like you have to know how the tattoo machine works I know yes there's like multiple kinds of needles I know like it goes at like different speeds Mm -hmm. right you have to know how hard to like press and different like shading and color like I don't know can you go into more more depth like what are what are all of the things that you have (laughs) to keep track of yeah, at any I'm, given moment. I mean, basically, that's it. Like, you listed almost all, pretty much all of them, I think. I need to know 
like, oh, I have to have a drawing drawn up first. I have to mm-hmm. figure out what needles to use, what ink to use. I have to know how I'm going to line it, how I'm going to shade it. And mm. you, there's different ways that you shade if you're doing solid color. There's different ways if you're shading, if you're doing, like, realism or, you know, whatever. Like, so there's a lot of different skills that go into that you have to know how to do everything cleanly you have to know about bloodborne pathogens you have to keep your entire area clean you have to know like clean hand dirty hand it's a medical procedure yeah it's crazy and you know there's a lot of people that just start tattooing and like out of their house or whatever which i know like a lot of people that's where they get their start however Mm. to keep your area clean and to make sure that you're giving a sterile tattoo in your house is very hard to do that. I know that there are people right. that do it, especially like celebrity tattoo artists will go to their clients' houses and tattoo them there. Mm. That's how a lot of these celebrities get tattooed. However, Dave from down the block <laughs> does not know all of the different ways that we have to sterilize our machines. And I don't use a traditional machine. I don't use a coil machine. I use a rotary machine. So... With that, I have cartridges that I just push into my machine and lock in place. Whereas Mm -hmm. with like a coils machine, you have metal, like metal tubes that you push uh, your needles into. And so you have to clean those after every single use. You have to throw, you have to dispose of needles in a sharps container and then pay a medical person to ship them off somewhere where they can be properly disposed of. You have to have a whole bunch of different wrappings on your machine and you have to make sure that the way you set people up, like sitting, like just how the person is sitting or laying or however they are, you have to know the proper way to do that too because otherwise it'll either take you like 10 times as long to tattoo them or the tattoo won't enter the skin correctly like oh wow I didn't even think about that yeah because when you want to tattoo you want to like tattoo the skin as tightly as possible so if your hand if if that's why like they usually have like a little like armrest or something like that Mm -hmm. so that you can lay your arm or your leg or whatever over it so it's like this skin is at the tightest it can possibly be so yeah, because, like, I just know from, like I said, just obviously from getting tattoos done, you know, when they they, they place it and make sure the placement is right mm-hmm. and make sure that it doesn't look wonky when you bend your arm or twist it or whatever. And then, yeah, having to, like, lay a certain way. But I, I guess I didn't think about, it's, like, about tautness of the skin there. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, or, like, oh, wow. like, for instance, like, if you tattoo somebody's leg, you have to make sure that they're standing up when you put on the stencil. Because if you put on the stencil yes. when you're laying down, your skin is bunched or is stretched in a weird way. So that once you stand up, the tattoo looks... If you were to stencil them while laying down, the tattoo would look smushed or like at an odd angle or whatever. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so... I don't know. I, then I guess I want to talk about like inf- like artistic influences. Like tattoo wise or or not tattoo wise like who do you think are your like your biggest artistic influences for artistic influence so my art gods are all fashion illustrators and then obviously like the greats like I 
David Downton is, like, my god. He's extremely, like, so he does all, like, watercolor portraits and ink portraits of very famous, very beautiful ladies. Like, if you've seen any sort of Dita Von Teese poster, most of them are illustrated by him. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm familiar. Yeah. I'm kind of a Dita fan. <laughs> yeah, so he, and he actually has, like, an artist residency at this very, very famous hotel, or at least used to. And then these, like, beautiful, like, celebrity women will come to the hotel, and he'll just paint them and draw them for like sessions oh, wow which is super awesome and then obviously like Renee Grow is a old fashion illustrator he whenever you think of like a fashion illustration that comes from like the early like 1900s that's his stuff it's real it's really really pretty it's a lot more like blocky and and but it, it's still like it's not blocky in the sense where it's stiff it's just like solid colors like there's not like a lot mm. of like gradation in them which is super pretty and I don't know those are like my I I really look to fashion illustrators because like I draw a lot of influence from them when I draw but yeah those two pretty much are my two gods <laughs> yeah I remember a few years ago when I had come home for the summer I think I had yeah this was in between my first and second years of acting school you were doing live drawings at um, the coffee shop mm -hmm. and asked me to sit and be your model. I actually have those up in my room right now. Aww. But yeah, I remember you saying that, like, you know, for those you drew a lot of inspiration from, like, fashion illustrators, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, those are hanging up in my room. Probably looks really narcissistic, but <laughs> I don't care. You did them. Hell yeah. I'm, like, I, I wouldn't care if they weren't of me. You did them. Aww. So that's, I mean, yeah. Those and then the David Bowie one that I commissioned from you. And then also your David Bowie print. I ha I'll have all Aww, up in my room. Thanks. <laughs> you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Okay. So you and I had talked about this like privately, like mm -hmm. at, just as people. I don't know. I guess for some context, I had another friend who will, well, acquaintance, I guess, who had said something to me, which... I don't think this person meant it to be insulting, but it was kind of kind of insulting for so many reasons. And then you and I just like rah, 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 about it for like a couple of hours because I was like, I was like, you're the person who will understand why I'm frustrated. You know, during lockdown, obviously it was hard for any type of artist to be making money. And, you know, as somebody who's a performing artist that like kind of fucked me sideways and a friend of mine had said something like oh well you should just like look into tattooing and I was like bruh first of all I draw okay but like I'm not great I can I draw on shoes for people and they're cute and they're it's like good for that and that's fine but like second of all tattooing is a a craft as we have just discussed mm -hmm. and takes a lot of like it's not like oh that's just something I can pick up for like easy money and also like belittling all of the hard work that I've put into like my crafts and now belittling the fact that that's a whole craft in and of itself and then you brought up to me you were like yeah also by the way being an AFAB queer person uh makes it like that much harder what is it i mean i've heard other tattoo artists talk about this too and even even male tattoo artists talk about like 
how male dominated of an industry it is, that it can be incredibly misogynistic, um, queer phobic. Um, I don't know, like, I guess what's your experience with that? And what, what should, can and should the tattoo industry do to, uh, I don't know, kind of right that issue? Yeah, I can kind of speak to this, but I, I'm still a very baby tattooist. If you want to, sure. like, there's, there's a really good podcast called Books Closed, and it's done by Andrew Stortz. My, my tattoo artist uh, recommended it to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's an actual artist, and he has been in the industry for quite some time and way more learned about this type of stuff and can speak to that and he has like really awesome guests every single podcast where he discusses this type of stuff he discusses racism within uh the tattoo community he just had a trans queer woman who is a tattoo artist from chicago on recently and her name's faith and she talked a lot about that in their most recent there was one episode, episode. I think it might have been hers that we listened to during. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. My computer is lagging. No, yeah, okay. I think there there was yeah there was an episode that he had me listen to like during my tattoo appointment. It was, it was fascinating, but you know I think they are also like talking about people who are I guess I don't know the people that he seemed to be speaking to were yeah like from bigger cities like Chicago, New York, and you know in my small experience of like getting tattooed out here you know I live in Brooklyn and Brooklyn is just like full of queer people and hipsters I mean it depends on where in Brooklyn but like where I get tattooed in Bushwick Bushwick reminds me of like the gentrified part of Detroit and so it's a lot of like hipsters a lot of queer people a lot of whatever so there are like female-owned tattoo shops or queer-owned tattoo shops which is really cool but I know, you know, like, the rest of America is not, like, Bushwick. It's, like, a point of pride out here to be like, yeah, like, you know, we do our, like, cool thing. And, yeah, I know that that's just, like, not the reality for the rest of, like, what America is like. Yeah, unfortunately not. I mean, it's been a straight white males game for a really, really long time. And I have definitely seen throughout different shops that I've gone to where racism is still very much alive sexism is very much alive your mm. tattoo artist will talk about you or whoever mm -hmm. has been in the shop as soon as you leave which can either be uplifting conversation or really negative conversation <laughs> depending on how you act right. or how you appear and sometimes that's valid and sometimes it's not and female tattoo artists are not necessarily exempt from those conversations as well and there's definitely like a feeling of needing to prove yourself as like a strong person regardless of how you identify as your gender mm. and a lot of times that comes out in very toxic masculine type ways and it sucks and especially being a queer person like the tattoo industry is very homophobic it's definitely turning there are a lot more queer people that are getting into tattooing there are a lot more uh non-white people getting yes. into tattooing Take over. yes <laughs> yes there's Take a over yes 
There's a really cool black trans non-binary trans max individual called I believe J Baby and they are an amazing tattoo artist and it's super cool to see them be visible as themselves and be out there and just be like I'm unapologetic and here I am. Yes. What up? Yes. So I love really that. like I love Yeah, I love looking at that type of stuff. I wonder if the episode that you listened to was Doreen Garner. She also has a podcast called Mad Pain, and it's about tattooing and the different things that are wrong with the tattoo industry. It's very, very good. It's very in-your-face. It's unapologetic, which is awesome because she is a black woman in tattooing, and her episode on books closed with Andrew Stortz was very unapologetic and she talked very very openly about like how tattooing is like fine art to her and how it doesn't need to necessarily follow how tattooing has been portrayed and it's seen like she Mm. a lot of times she's done like different art shows where it's tattooing for the sake of the craft or it's like she said Ah. that she did Mm this one show where they were tattooing somebody's skull and they put they hooked up a microphone above the person tattooing so you could hear the hum of their machine and then they hooked up a microphone up to his scalp so you could essentially hear like the vibrations of the tattoo needle entering his skin on his scalp it was and like wow like such a visceral thing but like yeah Tattooing is now becoming more than just Sailor Jerry, more than just, you know, uh, (laughs) and not that it was that, that it's been that for like, and there hasn't been like neo-traditional watercolor tattoos, like more things that are deemed feminine or like not the traditional masculine stuff, but like, it's definitely changing, but it's still very male dominated. It's still very Mm. transphobic, homophobic queer phobic period like I don't use my preferred pronouns at work which is sad oh no but sorry yeah you know yeah it's just easier that way unfortunately yeah people I work with they they're nice people but it's not a priority for that type of situation and that's a light that's like a light Mm. microaggression if you want to call it that where there's other people that right. where if they found out that you're queer you absolutely are not allowed to work at our shop type situation but then again there are other shops like you said where they're like we are black owned we are queer owned we are woman owned you know whatever the fuck which is awesome that that's becoming mm-hmm. more yeah. of a thing and I think we need more of those in the tattoo industry for sure yeah Absolutely, because that's a and that's a thing that I've noticed. I mean, you know, even in other industries where yeah, people are like, you know, I make some sort of like, I don't know, compromise to like my identity to be able to like survive and be accepted and like whatever, just to, you know, man, I'm sorry that that sucks. Yeah, it does. But I am, I, there are a lot of parts of my situation that are amazing and I would not be able to get this type of opportunity anywhere else. So I'm Mm. taking advantage of those opportunities and I'm wanting to learn in like the most advantageous environment that I can. 
And if that's right. not perfect, and then that's it's like, fair. all right. But here's the thing: I've had I've had the opportunity to have conversations with people there that I may not that may not have happened if I didn't start there, which is super awesome, and I think that's great. Not that all queer people need to be educators, yeah, but that's fair for me. For me, it it works. <laughs> so yeah, no, and that's fair. You know, it's interesting to me because I, I think I was talking to somebody else about this and I had I had mentioned, you know, like, yeah, I have a friend talking about you who who is in tattooing and is doing their apprenticeship and whatever and how um, misogynistic and uh, queer phobic and racist it can be. Because I, I, you know, I had heard this from you and I've I've heard other tattoo artists kind of speak about it. And this person was like, really? Because you would think that, you know... I don't know, there's kind of this conception uh, in the mainstream that, like, people who get tattooed are often, like, misfits and outcasts, and it's kind of, like, a punk rock thing to do. But I was like, yeah, but even think about, like, the punk community. Like, punk rock was really pioneered by full offense. Punk music was pioneered by black people and people of people who are not white and often also women and queer people. And then that was also just like white male dominated for a long, long time and still kind of continues to be, even though, I mean, if you're listening to what I consider to be correct punk music, <laughs> hopefully it's anti-fascist, hopefully it's anti-capitalist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But still a lot of the time it's like white male dominated, whereas, mm -hmm. you know, you're kind of negating or you know we need to make room for these other voices and the thing with with tattooing is like we have to remember too that like it started often in tribal settings yep and as white people are want to do kind of take shit over and adopt it because i think too i think on the episode that you were talking about i remember the person touching on you know we have what we call traditional style but it's like traditional to whom because you know w when you think of traditional style like personally i think of kind of like the sailory stuff or the pinup y type girls or eagles and anchors and whatever kind of nautical-esque very yeah ed hardy i don't know stuff. yeah like americana isn't the right word but yeah yeah very like ed hardy-esque type stuff yeah maybe a tiger or whatever but it's well you like, know well, ed hardy was a tattoo artist right i thought so but yeah. i didn't know if i had made that up <laughs> yeah so he was a he was a tattoo artist and then made big on all of his different designs and then created you know all the different things. Yeah. <laughs> and made all created all of these different companies based on his designs afterwards. And then there's like wow. Lyle Tuttle was around at the same time. And like a lot of these other different like I mean, they're all white men, but they're learning, like you said, they're learning from Polynesian tattoo artists mm -hmm. or like from Japan and stuff like that. So like right. It's it's very it's very funny like you said like like tattooing didn't originate with white people it originated mm. with brown and black people and then we have colonized it and then have told brown and black people that they don't know how to tattoo or do things right. Um, <laughs> we hate that. 
which is just really funny. Like, and not all tattoo artists. There's a growing number of people who are very aware of of their, you know, of this whole situation and everything and, you know, do not stand for racism or anything like that. But unfortunately, like most things, white people colonized it. We're here today trying to make reparations. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the thing is like all we can really do is like, you know, hope to do better and be better. And, you know, as a friend of mine likes to say, be the change, etc. I like that. Right? What advice do you have to anybody who might want to get into either illustration or tattooing? Draw every day. And I tell this, this Mm -hmm. is me to me. (laughs) Draw every day. Draw what you, draw things that you see. Like, not enough people draw from real life. And honestly, like, I learned a lot of my foundation from doing live drawing sessions. Like, draw your friends, draw your pets, Mm. draw anything that you see. Because it's much harder to draw what you see in real life than what you see from a picture. Because it's a flat image and it's very easy to recreate Mm. a flat image. But recreating something that you see is much harder. For illustration, honestly, like, go to college if you have the means to. But you honestly do not have to. It's not a requirement. I know several, many people that did very well for themselves without having to go to college. That being said, college affords you a lot of opportunities if you put the work into it. There's a lot of people that go to college and think that Mm. going to art college will, you know, set them off for life. I don't have an awesome illustration job right now. And part of that's due to the fact that of my, like, circumstances, but in because of my circumstances, I didn't mm. get a chance to go and pursue things that I could have done as a single person. So, if you are going to go to college, dump everyone. Don't have a boyfriend. Don't get married. <laughs> <laughs> Unless your partner is super, super <clears throat> willing and invested in your dreams and wants to support you as an artist or whatever the fuck. But yeah, for tattooing, get tattooed by people that you admire that's basically that was my the advice that was given to me like if you want an apprenticeship apprenticeships are super hard to come by because a lot of tattoo artists had to work really hard to get to where they're at and a lot of people don't want to do the emotional labor or even physical labor to teach you because they worked really hard and they don't want to just give that away freely offer to work as a counter girl counter boy counter them (laughs) To get a foot in the door, get tattooed by the people that you want to be taught by, to hang out at the shop, you know, that type of thing. And then ask, but my situation is, like, super awesome and, like, I'm being taught by somebody who's tattoos me and and she's willing to put in the emotional labor of teaching me. So, but that's hard. But if you find somebody that's super awesome, there's no harm in asking. They either say no or yes, and then, you know, whatever. But, yeah, pretty much get a, get an apprenticeship if you can. Learn from an artist who can, like, help you avoid all the pitfalls that they experienced growing up as a baby tattoo artist. And I feel like you'll be much more set for life doing that as opposed to anything else. All right, well, thank you so much for answering all of those questions. Of course. I guess that concludes 
our episode. I, I'm very glad that we had an opportunity to talk about you and your artwork and, and your tattooing. I'm, I mean, these are things that I've just, you know, wondered for myself. So I'm glad that we had the opportunity to talk about it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right. So then I guess, do you, do you have any other closing remarks or do you want to tell the people where they can find all your cool stuff oh i have talked entirely way too much already you can find me at emily craig art pretty much anywhere craig is spelled k-r-i-e-g like the german word i am on instagram twitter and tiktok how about you friend i am also on instagram twitter and tiktok at aladdin firm and i haven't updated in a long time and i should probably get back on that but if you would like to see me be a rebel rebel you can subscribe to my only fans also at aladdin firm yeah reach out to us we are also on instagram as screaming and non-binary and we're also on twitter as screaming and envy but uh as usual, feel free to reach out to either one of us. We did get one person who listens to the podcast did reach out to me, which I thought was very lovely. So thank you. You can always talk to us about anything specific to either one of us or to both of us in general as far as podcasts go. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And you all have a wonderful day or night, depending on where you are. Bye! <laughs> Bye!